You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski along with Roxanne Solonen. And we are enjoying the conversation having that we are having with you this morning. We appreciate you staying with us. Before we get into our next conversation, I want to remind you that today is the Solemnity of the Annunciation. And of course, a very special day as the consecration of Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is going to happen today uh, across the world. Uh, starting in, in our area on local time, uh, central time, is going to be 11 a.m. Of course, if you're in Rome right now listening, it's going to be at 5 p.m. If you're in London, it'll be 4 p.m. Uh, Washington, D.C. at 12 p.m. And then, of course, our, our central time here, 11 a.m. And then also Denver, 10 a.m., and that's going to be mountain time. And then Los Angeles, Vancouver, 9 a.m. if you are on the Pacific coast. So, uh, tune in, uh, go to your local parish. A lot of local parishes are doing it right here in Fargo, the cathedral. Uh, Bishop's going to be there at 11 a.m. to do that consecration. If you want the consecration prayer, uh, you can, and, or you want to do it remotely, go to realpresenceradio.com uh, forward slash Ukraine, realpresenceradio.com forward slash Ukraine, and there is a whole link there. The prayer is there, um, and then links to all the dioceses, and a lot of the dioceses are going to be web streaming uh, this event coming up at 11 o'clock Central, um, and uh, just be part of this uh, consecration of Russia and Ukraine um, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I believe, as well as the entire human race, I think is the kind of the verbiage, uh, Russia, Ukraine, and the entire human race being consecrated uh, to Our Lady, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, um, by all the bishops of the world. So this is something that you closely remember from Our Lady of Fatima requested this, and it was done. Um, and uh, this is uh, uh, by Bernadette, or sorry, not Bernadette, uh, Lucia herself said it was accepted, but it was done late. Um, and so the errors of Russia did spread across the world. However, Pope John Paul II reminded us uh, that this is something to be easy, should be done often. And if you know from the history of the, of the church, objects should be blessed often. Um, and they can be, can be redone. So, of course, this is a great thing to do, and so Pope Francis is leading that. And I believe it's kind of fun, the request, at the request of many who, who reached out to the Pope and said, could this be done? And he's saying, absolutely. So today is the day um, for that to be done. The consecration of Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Wells, as well as all of humanity, today at 11 o'clock at the cathedral here in Fargo or at your local cathedral. Again, realpresenceradio.com forward slash Ukraine. And I just, one more thought about that, Steve. I think it's such a <clears throat> beautiful witness to the world of how um, we can respond differently than, than war. You know, that prayer is the way that we respond, and that is our, our weapon. So um, we are so pleased to have on the line uh, Sister Faustina Maria Pia, a Sisters of Life. And she has written a beautiful book that I am actually going through during Lent is my Lenten practice. And so I am thrilled to introduce her. Hi, sister. Hello. Thanks for having me. You bet. Are you, where are you located? Are you in New York or elsewhere? Yes, I am currently living in Manhattan. Okay. Well, I think a lot of our listeners, maybe some, I'm not sure, um, are familiar with the litany of trust. And it, um, it is a beautiful litany that, that you actually were inspired to write 
And many of us have benefited from it. Um, The book that you wrote, Jesus, I Trust in You, is a 30-day personal retreat with the litany of trust. And so when I, I don't even remember where this came across my, my, to my attention, but um, I was immediately pulled in because the litany of trust has been such a beautiful reflection. And then to to think of that, uh, that being expounded upon really drew me in. And now I'm finding different friends that are going through it too during this Lent. So um, can you just tell us first? First of all, let's start with just a little bit about yourself and the the Sisters of Life that uh, that that your uh, your order. Can you tell us a little bit about that first? Yes. So we're relatively recent as far as uh, the history of the church goes. We're only about thirty years old. The Sisters of Life founded in nineteen ninety one, and really to proclaim this you know timeless truth that we've always believed in, in our church, but really needs to be highlighted in this time is the sacredness of every human person. You know, no matter what someone has suffered, um, the choices that have been made in their life and the circumstances that they find themselves in, that the very gift of your life is a share of God's life, and He has a beautiful invitation to be with Him forever and eternity, and that is something we're fighting for. And in our culture today, that really is not proclaimed. Um, There's many lives that we've all experienced, no matter what kind of family we grew up in, and what we've experienced in our life, that, that we've had to struggle to claim that truth. So our community is really there um, to to take this fourth vow to protect the sacredness of human life um, as it is being attacked, and really the power of spiritual maternity, uh, as we are a woman religious, to really bring life into the world, this deeper life of Christ um, that revives us um, and leads us home to the Father. So we um, are growing, but right now we our main mission um, after this beautiful call to prayer and intimacy with Jesus, is to walk with women who are in, you know, these difficult situations, finding themselves pregnant, and to accompany them. I live at a house where some of them live with us. Uh, they need housing at that time um, during the pregnancy and for some time after the baby is born. We're also um, entrusted those who have suffered after abortion, you know, just to walk with them to find God's love, His healing, His mercy, do a lot of evangelization and retreat works. Um, so it's it's growing as we grow, but really it's a beautiful entrustment that we're very glad for. And I joined in 2009, so I'm, I'm running the bend here a uh, dozen years or so. So it's been a huge, tremendous gift for me. I'm very happy to be here. Beautiful. Well, it's interesting because we just talked about a conference that we put on in our diocese called the Trusted Sister Conference, and now we're going into the litany of trust. You know, (laughs) before we go into the the book itself, which is so beautiful, and I feel like I've kind of gotten a glimpse of your heart through through reading it, and you have a very beautiful heart, by the way. Um, Can you just share about the litany of trust itself and how that came to be? You talk a little bit about that at the beginning of the book, but I think more people are probably familiar with the litany of trust. And so can you share how that even came to be? Sure. So I, um, my patient is St. Faustina, who God revealed this beautiful message of mercy that he doesn't want anybody to be afraid of him. He's not this wrathful God. He's actually a father who misses us when we're not around. And um, he was like, tell the world this, you know, St. Faustina, and precisely to trust me because I am merciful. If we know God as a merciful Father, then we can start to trust Him, even when we fall and make mistakes, that he, He's there for us and wants our good always and everywhere. So I have this patron, but I experienced some suffering in my own life, which we all have, that made me wrestle with that. If, if like, if, where were we at this point, Jesus, and do you really love me if, this, if I've chosen this, and, you know, different things that we can wrestle with. 
And even as a sister, I, I felt God's call strongly and um, entered, took a leap of faith, entered, and a couple years into my religious life, um, encountered a, never, a difficult situation again that put me again at this crossroads of, of really, like, Jesus is, is what you say really true, you know, in this circumstance, because trust always points to something specific. It's not, you know, a vague thing, but it's like in this part of my life right here, where are you and how can I lean into you and where do I receive your strength here? Um and so at that juncture, I really came to the Lord in a new way, and for months felt like He wasn't speaking clearly, um, and I wanted clarity in the situation. And so one night I was really praying to Him, and it was like a light bulb. All of a sudden, I experienced this this um, kind of like, it wasn't in words, but this interior knowledge that He wasn't wanting to show me all the circumstances so that I would understand everything that was going on. He wanted me to give my consent to Him and not to my the circumstances, that trust was really about um, and giving my heart to Him and saying, if you see the situation and this is what you're offering, like I, even if that doesn't make sense to me or if I don't know um, where I'm going to get the strength or, or things like that, but you're inviting me, that should be enough. And so it was this yes, which is so powerful that today is our, the, we celebrate our day's yes, because this is intimacy with God. This is the moment that His life can like flood our entire being, right? It is a fruitful yes, but this is something that requires trust. And that moment, I felt this huge desire not only to trust God more fully with my life, I wanted hearts everywhere to trust Him. And it was the same moment within, you know, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds that I heard this interior voice right to let me have trust. I wasn't planning on writing a prayer, but this is just literally it flowed out of my heart. And it was a prayer that I needed, but I knew deep down that eventually it would be for many others as well. You know, I think, uh, morning, Sister Faustina, Steve here. We haven't, we haven't talked yet, but I appreciate you being on with us. You know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the book here, um, Jesus, I Trust in You is the title of your book. Um, and what you're sharing right there is kind of a change of, of your heart. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, many of us love the Divine Mercy Prayer. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me as you're saying this is, you know, in our prayer life, we often, and even I'll look at this consecration of, of Ukraine and Russia, we have mm-hmm. this sense that uh, by doing something, we force the Lord to do something else. But we have to understand from, and even from the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us, that doing an act and not having any change of our own hearts, that's actually what superstition is, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about there is, is this prayer. Our prayer life doesn't change the Lord. He is unchangeable. Prayer, mm-hmm. consecration of Russia and Ukraine, it doesn't change the Lord. It doesn't change his mind. It changes us. It's called to change us. Otherwise, it's all superstition. And so, mm-hmm. just, you know, the beauty of, of your heart being changed by this prayer, something for us all to reflect, you know, are the, the religious practices that I'm doing, um, are they changing my heart? Because if they're not, we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told you, I, and I do find this with the litany of trust. Um, especially because I didn't kind of hem and haw about it. It really flowed in a very natural way, um, in a supernatural way, almost. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just the force of it that the Lord gave it to me. But I find that reading those lines, there's a certain power in naming things and allowing to sit with each line as you pray it and say, what's resonating? Or can I tell, like, oh, my goodness, this is something I struggle with, and I don't want this to be a barrier between me and the Lord. And... To be able to connect a person directly with Jesus is so much better than to talk to them about Jesus. But to say, here, 
have a conversation with Jesus. Like this little litany is like a like an entryway into a conversation that's personal. That when Jesus, when we allow Jesus into our heart, He does change us, and it gives freedom. It gives a new perspective on every circumstance that God is always inviting us to something more. He always has the love that we're looking for, um, the strength that we need. So it does. I do find that even now, as I pray the prayer, I find that it continues to call me to conversion and renew something and, and transform something. You know, and one of the things that you alluded to or said distinctly is that this we don't ever just get this trust and then it's just there forever. Like, we mm-hmm. have to keep revisiting this. And it's interesting to me to think that you probably have benefited from your own, the litany that you wrote, because mm-hmm. maybe at the time it flowed out and it was the Holy Spirit, but later you probably needed to read those words yourself. And I've mm-hmm. found that as a writer, too. Some of the, Sometimes I'm inspired to write something, and later I actually need to read read that as well. So it's like a gift that keeps giving. It's so so beautiful. Well, yeah. we're going to take a little break here, but on the other side, I want to talk a little bit about how fear gets in the way of placing our trust in God and how to avoid that, and then also move into this this book where the, the this litany of trust is explored in further depth. So we will be back with more Real Presence Radio and with Sister Faustina Maria Pia after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen with Steve Splanskowski, and we are discussing the book, Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day personal retreat with the Litany of Trust. And we have the author, Sister Faustina Maria Pia, uh, all the way from New York, speaking with us this morning. And right before the break, we talked about one of the obstacles to trust, and that is fear. And I had an experience with fear um, during the pandemic, and as things were kind of unfolding, and I looked into the future and, and everything seemed kind of ominous. And here I am, a mom, trying to keep everyone calm and keep everything normal and really kind of freaking out <laughs> in, within mm-hmm, myself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of surprised me because I feel like I have a pretty deep faith and I'm like, what is going on? And so my husband and I started praying. Uh, it was a new thing for us to do couple prayer every night. But one of my main prayers was that I just needed to know that God was going to be with us no matter what happened. Like I just, But I needed somehow to know that. And I feel um, like your book... Has kind of I've been growing in my trust there, but this book, mm-hmm. this retreat, has really grabbed me in and in brought me to a more depth of being able to trust. And I, I'm just going to read just one little line that jumped out. I've been sharing little quotes from from your book all throughout Lent on Facebook, and so a lot of people are getting exposed to it because when I get inspired, I want to share. But just this one, it's it's from page one twelve, and it's just part of a reflection you were, you were writing about, but. The quote is, though she did not know the future, she was able to rest knowing Jesus was in it. And I had to underline that because that's it. <laughs> that is it. Mm-hmm. And it's Mary and it's, it's me. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know the future. We don't know what's going to happen with the world. We don't know if the world is ending or if this is just one more little bump along the way. But I was able to rest knowing Jesus was in it. I mean, that if I could do that every day, then I'm going to be okay. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, take, I want to hear your thoughts about fear being an impediment to trust. Sure. Well, I think this, as simple as it gets, I mean, you touched on it already a little bit here, is that fear is directly related to the belief that I'm alone. Um, and when we are, we find out that there's somebody that we can trust with us, namely God, who is, the more we get to know him, the more we see how reliable he is, how faithful he is how good he is, um, that is, it, it completely changes our perspective. So, again, whether we're conscious of it or not, uh, God sees us in this great mercy that we see how weak we are. He sees that we don't see him and touch him like we do other people. But the fact that trust is really, what how I describe it in the book, is, is opening into a relationship with another person. So fear, when that starts to creep in and we start to notice it, that's a great grace. You know, oh my gosh, I'm afraid I can name it. I'm feeling anxious because I'm afraid. Can we recognize, oh my goodness, where am I believing that I'm alone, that I have to fend for myself? And trust is kind of stepping into that place of confidence to name that as a lie, to say, wait a second, you know, somebody, you know, the, the evil one wants me to think that I, I got to do this on my own, that I'm I'm stranded on an island here, um, and I've got maybe others to take care of, like you were saying, like a family. But trust is stepping into that and saying, you know, actually, it's a lie. I don't want to live for yourself for that. I don't want to view the world through that, and I want to make an act of trust to God. I know you're here with me. I know that you have something in mind for me here, and I know that I can be a confident child who can learn to depend on you here. Where are you asking me to seek out my worry to you, to entrust my worry to you, and where are you just showing me the one step ahead of me? Usually he doesn't show us a 10-year plan, especially when we're looking at the future, but he always is faithful in saying, what's the next thing, you know? and providing the grace just to step into that next thing. Okay, I can't live 10 years of hardship. I can live today, though. He's given me the grace today to live it joyfully as a child, 
so I can say, you know what, I don't have to figure it all out. Yet God is with me. So I think that sense of being alone is, is the biggest barrier right there to fueling that trust, uh, fueling that fear. I just like, I think Steve saw me take like an exhale, a, a deep breath and exhale while you were talking about that. Like, there's such a freedom in in handing it over and trusting. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so I don't know if Steve had any thoughts too, but. Well, you know, I think one of the things that requires trust, the, the trust and hope both require the potential mm-hmm. of loss. If mm-hmm. there's trust is unnecessary, hope is unnecessary unless there's the potential of loss. And it reminds me of one of the radio stations we expanded into Winona, uh, Minnesota, a number of years ago. The bishop said to us, he used the line, My Jesus, I trust in you, and I risk in you. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, I trust Jesus because I know everything's going to be good, because I know the future. But actually, if you don't know the future, there's the potential of loss, and that's what requires true trust, uh, just stepping away. And as you said there, she knew that Jesus was in the future. And as you mentioned mm-hmm. to Roxanne, well, I don't know if the world is ending. The world is ending. <laughs> right. It is. We have been in the end times since Christ for 2,000 years. When it's going yeah. to be, he said, even only the Father knows, right? Yeah. So we know that the end is going to come. But we also know through our Catholic faith that the end is not to be feared. As long as mm-hmm. we're living each day, again, preaching the gospel in season and out of season, and we hear in Second Timothy 4, preaching the, the, the gospel in season and out of season, living our lives with Christ every day, every moment, as your book um, you know, speaks of really just being, having your heart changed by the Lord and journeying with him at every moment. And so that trust, you know, requires that step. If we have fear, that's okay. We're all going to have fear. It's a human emotion. Mm-hmm. Fears are neither mm-hmm. good nor bad. Emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are. Um, and so if we have a listener, uh, Sister Faustina, uh, who's, who's out there fearing mm-hmm. fe- fearful, what's the first step? out of that fear, what would you recommend? Yeah, I, I, Jesus was very simple with me, and I, I, I you know, I say it because I, I'm not uh, highly intelligent as far as, you know, academic, but I really believe that he led me through a lot of um, the tightness in my heart and the fears that I experienced by drawing out of my heart um, this simple dialogue to be able to, to, uh, I can't uh, overstate the importance of being able to find space in your day to bring before him um, what is on your heart, to kind of unburden yourself, and to begin to listen to Jesus as he speaks us in our heart, because that's actually where we find his presence, you know, like the sense of being alone and being afraid that things are going to, you know, end badly and things like that. But the ability to talk to him and be very honest with yourself, be very honest with him, and to realize, oh my gosh, if I really don't trust him, like he's not, he's not going to push me away. But I, I can say, Jesus, I want to trust you, but I, I, I don't trust you right now. The ability, it, it's so freeing, and then to experience his response is is powerful. So that's where I would start for sure. Um, as I'm looking at Steve behind him, there's a crucifix, and in the book, you 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 bring up the cross and how that enters into this dialogue. Can you share a little bit about how Jesus is suffering on the cross and we're in the, in the Lenten season right now can actually bring us closer to him and invite us into a deeper trust, which seems backwards, but. Yes. And we can look to Mary in a special way because she was, she was there at the cross and, and um, likewise suffered with the Lord. The cross is very mysterious as it is tangible. <laughs> I can say like, I mean, my heart might kind of 
fear looking at the cross or not want to sit in front of a cross because of maybe a guilt that somebody might experience, you know, and might feel, oh my gosh, I don't want to think about that. But Jesus, um, his heart was open. This is my best, the favorite part about the accounts of the gospel. His heart was open completely on the cross and it poured out. There's a tremendous gift that Jesus has for each one of us there at the cross. And it would be... Um, a pity if we don't receive this eternal gift that God has from us at the cross, to stand at the foot of the cross and see Jesus. I don't even know all that happened there, and I don't even need to get everything, but I want my heart to be open. Open my heart to receive what you are pouring out for me, this this identity that is deeply good, this invitation to spend eternity with you, which is what I've been created for. So just the simplicity of desiring to have my heart open to receive what Jesus gives us precisely there at the cross. And that is for us, the best place to go in front of a cross at this time is when we feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're dying. Something inside is deeply painful in our lives or deeply confusing, you know, misunderstood or betrayed. We go in front of that cross and say, Jesus, how did you live with your heart open in this moment? Help me not shut my heart in the place that I precisely need to know your love more than more than ever. Ah. Uh. Beautiful. And I love also, Sister, how you simplify things. I think sometimes we make things really complicated, and that probably plays into the fear aspect and the inability to trust when we kind of clench our fists or tighten our hearts, like you said. Um, but how you lead us into this by saying we don't need to like figure out 10 years from now. We can just do mm-hmm. this hour mm-hmm. <laughs> and trust mm-hmm. Jesus in this moment. You know, I, That is really helpful to me. Um, mm-hmm. a- another thing that you brought up in the book about how you can like to have a greater trust, like to just like thank him in advance. I've been trying to do that more. Thank him mm-hmm. in advance. Trust in the blessings that he wants to give us. It's a whole different way to pray. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You just expect, you just assume mm-hmm. that he wants to bless us, right? Share a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, because if we are grateful, something naturally opens our heart. It's like when you walk into a situation and we just smile, even though maybe we don't feel it, it all of a sudden makes us kind of happy. Like there's something that we can kind of trigger, you know? And so this attitude of, of being grateful is it comes from, you know, looking back and saying, okay, even in the toughest moments, my life, God was there somehow, you know, this, this faithfulness that I've experienced that, well, why can't I apply that to the future and say, my goodness, I, I, I'm already grateful, Jesus. Like this is hard. And I, I know that you do beautiful and fruitful things with difficult situations. So here I am, like, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing my family through this. And help us to receive all the blessings that you have for us in, the, in, these, in these weeks or months ahead or whatever it is. We just got a, a minute or actually a few seconds left here. But uh, Sister Faustina, me, Maria Pia, can you give us a real quick, just a, you know, a name means something in our Catholic faith. We are given that name. Um, a little history on your name there. Yeah, so Faustina, my mother had a conversion through St. Faustina, and my mother passed on the faith in a beautiful way to me, and so the name for her really is, um, yeah, an experience of God's love for me and my family, and to really share in her spirituality and her mission to encourage others to trust Him. Um, I, I, that's a beautiful gift for me. And then Padre Pio, which is the Pia in my name, um, and Our Lady as well, to um, really echo her fiat and Padre Pio, who suffered so deeply um, that others may come to know Jesus. He's taught me how to accompany Jesus in this world and accompany others who are suffering to find the new life that he has for them. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us again. The book, Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day personal retreat with the Litany of Trust by Sister Faustina Maria Pia. Thank you for much, so much for being with us here on Real Presence Live. Thank you so much, and I'll be praying for you all. Please keep us in your prayers. We will. God all bless. Right. All right, folks, we're going to step away for a break. But on the other side, we're one of those ministries that have been forgotten. This is Lent. Uh, we're doing great works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy. Maybe you're giving some up for Lent. Well, sometimes in Lent we do something extra for others. That's a great gift. And so we're going to talk with Deacon Stu Longton on the other side of this break about things we can do for others during this Lent. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 